What's up, everyone? This is Rob. Just want to remind you that we are having our first giveaway ever for the Top Podcast coming out on Christmas. What you need to do is go on our Twitter at the Top Podcast. All words are spaced with the underscore in between. So the underscore top underscore podcast. Follow us and then retweet our post. We're giving away one of our red bubble mugs. So if you ever wanted to have a loose face plastered over a mug, guess what? Now is your chance. We're also happy to be partnering with our friends over at G3 Coffee. G3 Coffee is a specially roasted coffee and it's going to be better than your average coffee. They only source high quality beans and pay close attention to the detail throughout each roast. They're a small batch roaster, meaning each bag gets special care throughout the process. They strive to bring out the natural flavors of the coffee and the roast. The result is a cup with complexity, depth, and it'll make a great addition to your morning routine. Once again, thank you, G3 Coffee Co. for partnering with us. Be sure to go on Twitter and give us a follow and retweet our post, and we'll do the drawing on Christmas. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Top Podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and joining with me, as always, are Lou. Emmers. And Mike. Hey. Now, this week we have a very special guest joining us. I'm going to let Lou introduce him. All right. Drum roll, please. <laughs> are you doing that with your mouth or something else? Hey. Crazy. What else All right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am proud to introduce one of my best friends in the whole world. I met him as a young pup when he was breaking hearts left and right. I'm proud to say that we went 37-0 in Call of Duty duels multiplayer during COVID times. My favorite quotes from him are, there's no stars in California, and the simple, ah, my boy, Seamus. How's it going? It's great to be here. <laughs> Thank you for the introduction. You're very welcome. <laughs> I was wondering if the whole stars in California thing would get brought up or not. I mean, I mean ask you. Since you all two of us are here, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so we just invite a girl. It's I like don't even know. Do you remember the girl's name, Seamus? Uh, oof. Uh, do you want to say it out loud? Well, we can all, yeah. we'll censor it. <laughs> <No. so>. <laughs> <laughs> don't even remember her name. Dang, what a player! Hey, it's okay. She's got game. No. Oh my god. <laughs> Hold on, I gotta know what is the context to this. All right, are you ready, or do you want me? To, do you want to say it, Robert? Or you, you can go for it. it. Yeah, go you, for you it. Go dude. for it, Lee. I feel like you're better telling stories than All I. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, so at Bear Lake, there's always for the teens. There's always a night game. So me and Rob were working makeout police. You ever seen like mall rent-a-cops who were like really good at their job and like take it real seriously? It's like mixed with that and like pre-game football prime time energy me and robert were giving out we were like headbutting each other we were so excited <laughs> i was excited because then i didn't have to play the game so i'm like yeah i'll do mop i i got no problem then i just have to walk around i don't have to act like i'm playing the stupid <laughs> game i always I, wanted I, to be on map that sounded like the mm-hmm. best job it was it was a good time and they gave us these really big flashlights and me and robert scanned that whole place and so i think an hour in we were like all right i think we know where some things might happen so we check it out and we see two figures and Robert just darts. I like I look left and then I look back and he's gone. He's like 30 yards away from me. I, don't so mess I try around. to catch up. I try to catch up and Robert's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I was like, it's just like, all right, well, we're doing this. I was like, ah, ah. And it's Seamus and some other girl just laying just peacefully. They're not doing anything crazy. They weren't making out or anything. But we made this thing such a big deal. We were shining <laughs> lights in their faces. We were just like terrorizing these like teenagers. <laughs> and the only thing Seamus could say was, There's no stars in California. That's why we're laying down like this. <laughs> and Robert was like, That's bullshit. That's bullshit. There are stars in California. Get up and get going. Well, I, I'm time. actually able to report that there are no stars in California until Hot Kyle gets there. Bro, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. But the way oh, I right. remember that is we were walking. We checked, you know, the obvious, like the we, there's the, the love shack as it was termed there. We checked the Classic. love shack and, you know, double decks and all mm-hmm. that. And how I remember it is we were just strolling, walking in the field, and I we, like our lights just seemed to catch Seamus. And I don't think I, I doubt I ran. I mean, I'm not a runner, so I, I I'm sure <laughs> I did give you crap for it though. I'm like that mall cop. I'm oh, like, just waiting for something to happen. Like, good. Let me ask. If you. you're on mop and you see anything that you can blow out of proportion, it's almost a requirement. <laughs> like, yeah, it was so fun. Like if I yeah. spotted somebody girl- tagging somebody else as part of the game, I'd be like six inch rule. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good time. So every week we like to have an icebreaker. And this one was sent in to by Sarah, who was sent a couple before. Thank you, Sarah. And the question is, what animal are you the least afraid of? And what animal could you beat? But it's you versus 50 of them. And I'm guessing it's it's bare hands. You know, she didn't say like you get a choice of a weapon or anything. Well, that's a, interesting. It's a good does, question. does it have to be the same answer for both questions? Well, it says or. So I'm going to say you can you can pick. You can mix and match okay. if you want. You, you can even okay. do, this is my favorite. This is why I think I'd be in a fight. But if I had to do both together, you can you can throw that option in too. Yeah, because like, I don't think the animal I'm least afraid of is a mouse. But I could take 50 mice. Ooh, I don't know. My, very yeah, doable. Rats and mice are different. Rats yeah. and mice are different. I've played Dishonored. Yeah. Not the same thing. <laughs> what animal am I least afraid of? I don't know. Yeah, this is a really hard question. Well, Rob, you asked it, so you have to go first. Actually, Sarah asked it. So, Sarah, please comment and tell us what your answer to this question would be. (laughs) What am I least afraid of? I feel like, what is it? Is it pandas? Like, they they don't even have, like, the motivation to go and procreate. So, I feel like, you know, that's, you know, wouldn't be that afraid of. Mm. That's that's a good one. Can I wear anything? Can I prep at all? Uh, No, you're you're dropped in your street clothes into, let's just say, an arena and you're fighting 50 of these things. I guess for me, manatees are the least thing. That's the least thing I'm afraid of. They're just so round. Yeah, I I would be perfectly fine. I'm trying to think of just like really rude animals. I think I'm going to go with geese. Geese can be mean. Uh, 50 of them? You do not want to fight 50 geese, my man. Well, okay. All I'm saying is that like I don't want to fight an animal that I don't generally just want to kill just on a daily basis <laughs> it's got to be personal it's got to be personal right what's my and motivation for fighting these 50 animals exactly right this is not and geese just really make me upset so i think i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with geese and if i lose hey i died by 50 geese Did you geese know, do something to you like they when you were all over oh they do to me yeah, they just like rushed me when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I think figured. I was near I was near a uh, one of their nest nests, and they kind of just like, and they're just sassy, and they're poop. They poop everywhere. Mm-hmm. They, you guys don't dude. have an animal you hate. I geese are I, up I, there. I, geese are up there for sure. That's a good one. It just wasn't the question. Incidentally, I think the <laughs> animal I'm least afraid of after serious contemplation is goldfish. That's fair. That is fair. Manatees are pretty big. Can I say my dog? Does that count as an animal? Or is that just a cop-out? Oh, it's definitely a cop-out. No, no, like least afraid of. (laughs) Oh, no, I could not. If like 50 of my dogs were wanting to fight me, I'd be dead. Yeah, you would. I've seen what that dog looks like when he sees a squirrel. It's true. I think you're OV. I think for my 50, there's these little small groundhogs that are in North Dakota and they're suicidal. So I feel like if I took on 50 of them, they just start fighting each other because they just run out and (laughs) run the truck. No worry about whatsoever. And yeah, they're, they're small like. Maybe a little bigger than a mouse, but I think I could take on 50 of them. 50 lemmings? 
basically. Stand by a cliff, you'll be fine. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. If like for fighting fifty, <laughs> just standing by. You guys are not thinking cliff. big. You guys are not thinking well, big. Yeah, because I know my limits. I just want to win. I want to win, and I want it to be like entertaining. I, I, I don't. I want to. No, I don't want it to be entertaining. I want it to be a blowout. <laughs> I don't want to be just known a bloodbath. I don't want to be known as the guy that died from fifty geese. You know. I mean, the chances of you dying are going to be hard. You might lose an eye. But eye patches are cool. Well, honestly, like you're gonna you're gonna look at this massacre. Are you gonna feel good about yourself? Yeah. No, you're not. Unless you're a murderer. <laughs> unless you're a psychopath. I mean, I feel. If they were actively trying to attack you, I feel like, and you beat them all, I'd be impressed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you survive, yeah, man. I'd be I like, like, just do that. Here's the thing, mice. Me, me stomping 50 mice is the equivalent damage to the overall mice population of the world as me like throwing out a penny is to the u.s mint that's not a big deal there's plenty more it's not like i'm doing serious damage to the mouse population Seamus, what what's your thoughts on all this the animal that i'm least afraid of would probably be chipmunks because they always run away from you and they're just kind of cute little things then 50 what 50 i mean i feel like <laughs> can't imagine maybe certain types of cats if i had to fight 50 of them Ooh, I don't like know. Kittens. those claws yeah, like kittens that'd be easy <laughs> enough right Oh my gosh! Just cycles a whole pack of newborn kittens, and Seamus is just punting them, curb stomping them. <laughs> yeah. Yo, there goes our nine percent of female. Good lord! The only reason why I say that is my cat just walked up. <laughs> I could take him. Yeah, I'm taking forty nine more. Exactly. Honestly, I might rather fight fifty geese than fifty cats. <laughs> That'd be kind of brutal. <laughs> so I feel like with a a, a, a goose, it's going to be more. You could like grab its head and use it to fight off other geese. But a cat. Like, That's what I was true. thinking. I don't know. I don't know about a cat. It would look know. super cool too. doing it. Would it though? I don't, I don't. Are chickens normally aggressive? Depends on the chicken, Which, I think. I mean, I've played Zelda. You don't want to mess with a group of them. Yeah. <laughs> Second video game reference. <laughs> I was going to say, all, everything I know about animal husbandry is based on video games. <laughs> Where they oh call the chickens God. by the sound they make. Cuckoo. Well, if you guys want to ask this question, be sure to comment on one of our social medias. And this week, we're going to talk about our top three previous jobs. And that can be least favorite, that can be most favorite, or it can be somewhere in between. So I'll start us off. My Second to worst job, I would say. And I, this this one's probably, I don't know if it's going to be on Mike's list, but it's the, oddly enough, spoiler alert, it's both jobs I work with Mike are my two least favorite jobs. So I don't know if there's any correlation there. <laughs> but it's um be working at this this automotive place in a, a warehouse in Metro Detroit. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sorry. You, well, okay. Well, first of all, um, you have that worse than the other job we were, or you have that better than the other job yeah. we worked together? Yeah, so... The reason why, basically this job was you pick things up from one crate and move them into the other. It's it's definitely a lot more labor intensive than the other uh, other job. But, you know, after a while, your body gets used to it. And then you actually, you're kind of getting a little toned and all That's that. True. Lifting all these, these heavy parts. But the one thing that I think is better about that job is I'm an introvert. And I did not have to talk to like anyone during that job. I just put in my headphones, go in the work, the, the warehouse and just crank out the these parts and then i'm done by what was it like three or four and that's it don't have to talk to anyone lunch sometimes mike would talk to me you know if he felt like it or sometimes he'd go and run off and do other things but yeah it wasn't the best job it was cold in that warehouse sometimes it was dimly lit and there i swear there's this one forklift driver that was blind and was trying to run me over sometimes <laughs> 
Yeah. So uh, I also worked there. Uh, my first day. So I got that job because um, like, I don't know, man, four months into being married, Mackenzie comes up to me and go like, I think she was picking me up from work. I get in the car and she's bawling her eyes out. I was like, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, like, what is wrong? And she was like, I think I'm pregnant. And I was like, I need to get a real job. Okay, we can do this. And that was the first full-time job that offered, like, somebody offered me. I was like, I'll take it. I showed up the first day. And they're like, all right, you're going to take these car jacks out of the cardboard box and you're going to put them into the plastic box. It's like, that, that's it. And they're like, that's the whole job. So eight hours, just car jacks, left to right, left to right, left to right. I was convinced there was like heroin or something in these car parts. So I was like, there's no way this is a real job. I'm moving them from one box to another. Turns out Ford is just that lazy that they will pay a company so that they don't have to deal with the cardboard. It's a it's a real thing. But yeah, it sucked. Um, it, Rob, you didn't work there in the summer, did you? No, I didn't. I got an, another job elsewhere oh that, that paid gosh. better. So I, I did that. Woo. It was so hot in the summer. No air conditioning. Just sun was like pouring in through the windows. It would get just unbearable. We had big fans that we'd try to set up. But everybody there had such bad attitudes. They'd get in like actual fights over who got which fans. And, uh, Not even the fans. Yeah. I remember one time the, the two guys got in a, a fight. Oh my gosh, those yeah. two! Nothing. They just hated each other. It was it was the craziest place I've ever worked. The two of them would be screaming like full tilt, just losing their minds at each other because one of them looked at the other wrong, and they just they'd be going at it. Just they would just, like just slurs that I'm uncomfortable with, and I'm pretty cool with most words. Yeah, not just absolute nincompoops. Hated those guys. It, yeah, it was wild. That I call that a miserable. show. Was that your number it, one? And that's a, uh, no, it was my number two. Okay. I, I have a job I liked more than I disliked that job. Okay. Uh, but it was definitely my number two. It, it was my number one worst job, but it was my number two slot. Yeah. Redeeming qualities. Once I got on the forklift, they paid me well. Uh, you got to uh, listen to music or it. audiobooks the whole time. I, I did. I did listen to an insane amount of audiobooks while I was there. That was really nice. And but I'm, yeah, just, just so stressful, so physically demanding. It was either physically demanding or mentally demanding. And the mentally demanding actually was worse, I thought, than the physically demanding. It was, oh, it was rough. Yeah, see, I never got up to anything besides moving things to boxes. So it was all just physically demanding. Like, it, I just shut my brain off and I was there. But the one thing I liked yeah. that I wish more jobs did is you had one task in the morning, one task in the afternoon. Once you were done with that, you, you could just sit and collect your paycheck and all that. Or you could do more jobs for overtime. And it, I'm very, like, goal-oriented. So if you tell me, get this done, I'll get those done as quickly and as most efficiently as possible. And then I'll just, you know, do extra stuff or whatever. So for me, having those numbers really kept my brain going. It, that that was really sweet. I actually, in terms of what my final paycheck was, I got like a 2 or $3 raise when they moved me up to forklift. And my paycheck barely changed because I did so much overtime every single day when I was moving parts that it was like, oh, now I'm just working all eight hours on the forklift. And the raise just covers all the overtime I was making. So I was like, I literally got to the point where I was like, oh, cool. I'm just sitting here gaining weight instead of working out and super stressed out. I, oh my gosh, absolutely hated that place. But the, 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 the boss was pretty cool. Yeah, she she didn't really care about much. 
And depending on what you got, I would say some days were a lot better if you didn't get those stupid oh, jacks. Yeah. Those those jacks in the middle, those were worse than when I started too. Because when I started, they were they were a little bigger, and so you didn't one you didn't have to move as many, but two you could get a easy like even though it doesn't make sense that they were bigger, you could get a better hand grip on them, so you could move like four at a time easily as opposed to like oh man yeah I don't know I I don't think it's possible to explain to somebody who didn't do that job just how awful that place was it was the the literal commercial i picked things up and put them down yeah that was it also everyone around you was just a madhouse that's just that's ice that's fun for me <laughs> it got old after a couple of years the first two years it was i enjoyed it about year three i was like i'm so sick and tired of listening to these two yell at each other that's that's true uh just to wrap it up i will say probably the reason why it isn't my number one is i was there for like two or three months before i got a better job so i and what's crazy is like that might not sound like a lot of time but the, I, there was already like four or five people that had started working since I before after I did and left before I did. Like oh, there the was, turnover was outrageous. Yeah, there were some people that would I they would come in the morning, would not see them again after they left for lunch. They they, would, they just got yeah. right there. Literally, you were better than thirty three percent of the people if you made it to the end of your first day. I was there three years and I was the third longest tenured person on the floor. That's insane. Yeah, that is a crazy turnover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it was record breaking. <laughs> yeah. And like I've worked in restaurants and I was like, this is like this makes restaurants look stable. It was it was wild. Well, most jobs like they weren't hired out by the company. You had to work there. What was it like six months? Then the, the actual company itself would tell you. But it was all the uh, through. it was 90 days through the temp agency. And it was because they their turnover was so high. It yeah. wasn't worth it to hire people indirectly. Yeah. Oh, so that's it's crazy through a temp agency. Seamus, what's your number three? What do you got for us? My number three is actually very similar to your guys's, but not quite as crazy as it sounds. (laughs) I worked at a factory creating uh, auto dimming mirrors for cars, um, like rear view and side view mirrors. And that would probably be (laughs) the worst job I ever had just because it was so monotonous and I am not a monotonous person and I desperately crave variety. Variety, thank you. Variety. I get it. For everyday things in my work. And so just sitting there or standing there doing the same thing every day for, you know, eight to 10 hour days for like overtime and working on the weekends because it was during COVID. So you were standing there wearing a mask. Um, Oh, yeah. Yikes. (laughs) Doing the warehouse work is bad. Doing it in a mask is a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice because I listened to like a ton of podcasts and like a ton of music, but it was also like, I felt like insanity. <laughs> it was just like, I'm going in today. Maybe something different will happen today. Nope. Okay. <laughs> I'm expecting different results, but it's always the same. You know, you just get a wide variety of people when you go to factory work because factory work is open for like, everyone anyone could do it so it was cool like meeting like all the different people that like that brought but also like sometimes it could just be like a mesh of different opinions that might not always agree but yeah mostly it was just that monotonous thing and getting time off was very very difficult at that place that was probably my worst i haven't had too many like awful jobs so it's hard to like really stay but i feel like i worked second shift there and it was just hard for me to wait or get out of work and it'd be like pitch dark 
than me go to sleep, wake up, and just go immediately to work again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is second um, shift like what? What time is that? Oh, let's see if I can remember. I remember I'd get out at like eleven ish, so maybe like two to eleven. Hmm. Okay. Um, or two to ten. This was a few years ago, so it was a very odd time for me. <laughs> I remember I'd always like Lucian would know. I'd always call him during when I'd go get Culver's <laughs> at like ten o'clock at night, because <laughs> that would be like my second meal for the day, and be like, and I'd just yeah, it was a like very famous, interesting. What do you time. what What are you doing, man? He's like, oh, uh, I uh, at Culver's. Like you were in Culver's yesterday. <laughs> Hey, don't be knocking. Yeah. Comfortable talking about that. Do you feel comfortable talking about that girl? So, uh, I was talking to Lucian about it because, like, I was working there for quite a while, and I was just like, "Okay, my last day is coming up. There's this girl that I talk to occasionally. Like, should I ask her out?" And like, Lucian and I just kind of went back and forth, and he would hype me up, and I'd be like, "Okay, my last day's day. I'm just gonna do it. You know, just ask her out." <laughs> And so I go up to her and I'm just like, hey, you know, we've talked a bit. You want to go out sometime? And she's just like, oh, I'm 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 married. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, cool, cool. OK, bye. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was like thank God. See ya. That's my last day. <laughs> All right. Is it my turn? It is. It is your turn. So awesome. I was going to say, I was going to have a whole spiel. Nah, I don't have a spiel. All right. Cutting lawns was my first job I ever a good job. So my dad owned a landscaping company called Grass King. And I think I was like around 10 or 12 when I started cutting lawns. And so I have this like really pointless skill and I can make a lawn look really, really good. So yeah, I did that all throughout my life until I went to college and then I dropped out of college and then I worked that job for another two years. Uh, during those two years was the hardest, one of the hardest times in my entire life. We were, my my dad's business grew crazy to the point where we were cutting and i was going to do the math but i think you guys can do math faster than i can we were cutting 30 lawns a day five days out of the week eight months out of the year and i don't know how many lawns that is 1200 lawns we were cutting a ton of lawns more than that because we were sun up to sundown 150 yeah 800 then another 400 yeah it doesn't matter it's a lot a butt ton of lawns so about a ton of lawns it is uh it is insane and then it was a three-man crew for the first year and then the second year, my dad worked this guy so hard that he had a heart attack and Yikes. he had to oh stop gosh. working. I, I I have trained in the college level for three years, and I've never been more tired in cutting lawn sun up to sundown than I've I've ever been. It was it was the most challenging thing I've ever had to do. But the good parts about it is I got to be outside, which I love being outside. I got to work with my dad. My dad was just a very funny guy when he wanted to be. Sometimes <laughs> when like lawns he was very he was very open about how crappy i was about cutting lawns sometimes and that was like a lot but he would try to make it a joke and sometimes it was funny like the first time i cut so i i have hearing problems because i never wore any ear protection the whole time i used to cut lawns until like my last year when i started wearing uh headphones we had to do signals with each other to like to talk about like to say what we're doing and so blowing would be a this super inappropriate signal that we would do with each other <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna let the audience figure that one out cutting would be just like the scissors it wouldn't be anything crazy but bag so we would just have to leave we would leave trash not trash bags but lawn bags everywhere but sometimes we'd have to take the lawn bags because they were old people and they couldn't grab it so we, we would literally be in the middle of like cutting lawns touching our like nut sacks to, to assemble 
you need to go grab the bag. And I, I just like I have great memories of just picturing that, that there's somebody just like staring out of their lawn, staring out of their window, watching this lawn company just sexually just like motion to each other. Uh, just they're like different blowing things. and they're grabbing bags and they're cutting hair. Huh. Uh, I just imagine this old uh, lady like looking through the window like like, oh, my Lord. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Elliot, you got to come see uh, what the yeah, kids so... are doing. <laughs> They're going crazy. I, thought you were, I didn't um, realize you were cutting uh, <laughs> cutting lawns in the south. <laughs> you never know. I, I'm going to say like every uh, this. I feel like I learned everything. And I feel like I learned something in every job I've done. And I think the biggest thing I learned was how to talk to people and how to talk to like angry people and how to deal with confirmation, confirmation, confrontation. I I, I am so on the scale of like wanting to deal with confirmation, confrontation and not I, I don't like it at all. And I I get real weirded out when people want to get mad at me. But my father just like he handled it so well when people were mad that he would always like if they started yelling, he would just be like, OK, I'm an adult. And you're an adult. Let's talk to each other like adults. And he would, it, it was like a Jedi mind trick that he would always just like, just like an old lady in a muumu coming out with a frying pan <laughs> screaming at the top of her lungs. And he would just like wave his hand and they would be perfectly fine. Probably and mad there was at another the, lady the gestures Cheryl. you're saying. Maybe. It's possible. Or she was, they were into it. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the last thing I would say is that there was a lady named Cheryl. Uh, that was in her 60s, no, like in her 70s, 80s, actually. And we would always cut her lawn and she would invite us into the house. And uh, she was just living alone. She was very lonely. I think she only got to see her kids maybe like once a month. And so she was very, very lonely. But my dad took time out of the day to spend time with this lady. And she passed away a couple years ago, but uh, she would always have the hard candies. She would try to give us buttermilk because she was a pretty avid drinker of buttermilk. And just buttermilk on an August hot day just does not mix well so i i never really Ooh, took yeah, that no. in, but not that good my dad really took the opportunity to really show love to his uh his customers and i appreciated that a lot and i feel like I've, i try to do the same all right round number two four hold on hold on i actually haven't done my number three yet oh sorry you just talk so much i just i do i do Shots well fired. rob brought up my number two it's the uh it'll yeah. seem like i disappear for the middle act it'll it'll all bounce up um joke. i appreciate you I, 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 I appreciate you appreciating my talking. You can't see it, but I'm giving you a loving smile. Ew. <laughs> continue. Yeah, man, you asked for this bit. This bit continues. So I, it wasn't actually a name. My first job with a paycheck was just building fences. I still to this day don't know if it was my best job or my, well, I know it wasn't my worst job. Like, I don't know which side to put it in. Because on one hand, I, I like, I learned so much. I know it's kind of cliche, but like the gratification of finishing a job and seeing what you've built was super cool. Plus, like construction workers do not get enough credit for how smart they are just because a lot of time they're just big guys that are just, you know, hulking around and they're all sweaty and dirty. But like some of the tricks they came up with for like, you know, when it comes to like finding levels and like how to fix things on the fly, it was just really impressive. So it was it was a weird job, but I, I really I didn't I didn't like it when I was doing it, but I'm really glad I did it now. And uh, somebody asked me after my first week, they're like, how's the new job? I was like, well, the first day was kind of rough because I didn't know what to expect. And then the second day was kind of rough because I knew exactly what to expect. And it was just it was just hard work. But like so many good lessons that I took from it and. So not a lot to say, but definitely one that has stuck with me. Do you think you're going to have your kid work when they're like of age? 
Like you're gonna try to. Um, I mean, I think if she wants to get a job, like, are you talking like when she's still in high school? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I believe I worked a little bit younger than I should have. You know, child labor laws. Yeah, twelve is twelve is a little young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I I I see both ways. Like, I think it's important for your kid to get a job, but also like your kid is only gonna be a kid for so long. Yeah, it's so. it's weird because that was that was my dad's argument was he was like, look, man, you're only going to be in high school once. And then I got into college and I was like, dude, all my friends have a savings account. Why? Why the heck have I not been working? Like, I have no money to spend. So I was kind of annoyed that he didn't have me work. But knowing how I was at that age, I probably would have resented him if he had had me work. So it was, there, you know. I don't know that how I feel felt about the situation is the best guide. So I'd, I'd probably let her if she wants to go try and get a job. Great, dude. Go get a job. Learn some lessons. If she wants to just be in high school. Cool. Be in high school. You know, there's there's plenty of lessons to learn there, too. So I don't think I have uh, really a hard and fast opinion on that one way or the other yet. I didn't get my first like paycheck job until I graduated high school and I was at camp. Like my mom didn't let me get a job in high school. Did you ask? Did you want one? Did you ask for one? I did, but it was also like, hey, if you get a job, you're going to have to start paying for gas, insurance, and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll just take this free handout. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't want the responsibilities that come with it. I think I was like 15 or 16, my first job. Or I did two things. I was like a janitorial. I did. I did. I was a janitor at my uncle's construction business building. And then Ooh. I also worked at American Eagle. Ooh. 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 What'd you I do? I had American Eagle. I just uh, just uh, was a store associate. Just folded things very poorly and put them on racks and <laughs> put them on shelves on the wall. Yeah. I was not good at that job. I feel like <laughs> yeah, you're not explaining it well, so it makes me think you didn't know what the f- you were doing. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. At REI, whenever there's clothes to fold, I just hand them off. I'm like you guys don't want me to. Do this. They didn't have like the board. They have a, a folding board you could use, and I still would butcher it. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> preferred working in the cash register. <laughs> I was just like, "Can I do that today, please? <laughs> Don't so, let me fold clothes." Dylan, who you all know in high school, was a model for a for a. Uh, it was either American Eagle or Abercrombie. So his job was to just walk around the store shirtless. <laughs> that sounds like an Abercrombie so thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Honestly, I don't know. I I didn't have the money to go to either of those places. See, five minutes ago when my dad didn't put, let me have a job or <laughs> encouraged me not to get a job. So we were shopping at Value World. Yeah, I was always so jealous. It's like, how the heck are you just how did this fall into your lap? You just get to walk around and be hot and people pay you for it. This is outrageous. <laughs> oh, was he 18? Mm, definitely not. Yikes. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that, that's a little weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In hindsight, very much so. Yes. Surprised his, uh, his parents let him do that. Or did he make up a story? You know, I never thought to ask. That was the point in our lives where do our parents know you didn't even bother asking because 90% of the time we weren't telling them. So that's fair. Like it was never a question that I think once the only time that question would have left our lips was it was like, oh, crap. Do our parents know? What type of fences did you build? Was it like privacy fences, picket fences? Yeah, Uh, we. I mean, we did. I did basically one of every fence by the end of it, but for the most part, it was composite privacy fences. Oh, screw um, composite! Those those boards are so effing heavy. Yeah, and the, we did a lot of the like the the plastic, like the white ones, where it's like you just drop the those. I loved doing the. I don't know. I don't remember what they were called, but you just put the. It almost felt like PVC, but it was definitely a little weaker than that. You just put the the posts in, and then they just all clip together. So it'd just be like 
post crossbar crossbar and then just like boop 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 you could just set the the vertical slats in just click 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 and then all you had to do is trim that last one to to fit and we could throw a whole fence up in a day i ended up there was this guy i was working for this guy at uh at church i forget his name we were we were never tight i just needed a job and my dad was the pastor so it was like ah, i got you i need somebody to, to work and we didn't have the best working dynamic and then i worked for jake for a while because he was that guy's boss and then i ended up working for this dude tony because he had he basically had me work on that guy's crew because we lived down the street from each other more or less and so Tony could just pick me up on the way to whatever job. And then I, I got a week off from Jake to go counsel. I want to say, let's see, I think I was counseling juniors. And then, oh gosh, Bubba and Shirley were like, hey, if you want to come and like camp Youth Week, like they asked me if I was going to camp my second year at Youth Week. I was like, I don't have money for it right now. And they were like, you can just come. I, I don't know if they paid for it. I don't know if they just snuck me in. I don't know what happened. I'd never even thought to ask what the logistics were. But they were just like, just stay for youth week. I was like, okay. And I got back and Jake was like, no, you, you don't have a job. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's fair. I did just say I was going to be gone for a week and then was gone for two. But I just called up Tony directly. I was like, hey, man, you got work that needs to be done. And so he essentially hired me as his own sub subcontractor. And me and that dude just works. We had such a good rhythm. We'd show up to a site, place our, our posts roll back to the site from the day before, throw up our cross beams. And, we, and like, basically he was like, look, I will pay you for a day as long as we get one of each half done. And so we'd, we'd get in and out in like six hours and he'd pay me for eight. It was, it was very similar to the um, work in the, the parts plant. Cause it was just, you show up, you knock it out, except they let you go home when your work was done. Mm-hmm. And so me and Tony just crushed it. And Did then you- I moved to Kalamazoo and I never saw Tony again. So my number two is a place where I also work with Mike. And that was at, <laughs> and I absolutely hated it. Welcome to Yep. Well, I was a host, so I was like, "Hi, welcome." To and then you get the the dumb kids who are just like, you know, laughing because he did the I said the Vine reference, and I'm just like, "Screw you guys!" And it, the worst part about being the host is you get all the for the most part you get all the crap the servers do, but you get paid minimum wage. So a lot of people think that I have you know that happens with servers too, like they that we have control of their food and stuff. And they would just come up and they'll complain, complain, complain. Like, I'm sorry. You know, uh, once I seat you down, that's basically my job's over. So I don't know why you're complaining to me. And people just don't understand how restaurants work. They're like, oh, there's some open tables over there. I'm like, that section's closed. You know, we can't just go and start seating you there. And I just, man, I, as, as a, as an introvert, it was just so draining every shift. I'd like hype myself up just to go to work. And then like, I would just feel dead after every shift. And I think if everyone worked in the restaurant, like there's a mandatory, you have to work in a restaurant. I think it'd be different because people just don't know how stressful a restaurant job is. And I, I remember I was talking to our boss. First of all, he thought I hated it there, which I, I did to be fair, but he, I'm also just not that. <laughs> animated of a person so it's like man you just you know you're bringing you know i think you're bringing the vibe down like well you know okay i'll try to work on that but i was hoping i'd get to you know move back to the kitchen because i wanted to be a line cook and everything i thought that sounded like a, a good gig uh, whether it was oh. or not i don't know but he's like you know what uh. we want you to be a server i'm like you just said i'm like i, I bring down the vibes just like because I, I don't have any expression in my face why do you want me to be a server and he just kept on pushing for me to keep on training to be a server i'm like no i don't want this thankfully i end up leaving to go work at camp the the next summer but they oh my gosh they kept bringing me back and it was one of those jobs where i don't know if you guys had this where like you'll dream about it and you like wake up in a sweat be like oh i didn't sit at this table or whatever i don't know if you guys have had that but i know those are really the the bad jobs is when i, I wake up thinking i'm at work like I'm missing something and uh yeah not a fan of working at a restaurant yeah restaurant anxiety is one of the 
the worst things I've ever experienced. And I, I will say, though, when Mike, myself and another friend of ours all worked the same shift, those those were enjoyable, which is kind of what got me to go back yeah. to the restaurant, uh, go to the re- go to that job because, you know, Mike and this other person from from church that we hung out with, we were working. And, you know, the the five times it happened, that was nice. But that was a, a mean, like right. 10 month stint. And I'll never forgive Mike for it. Well, and I felt like <laughs> that's fair. That's totally fair. Um, I got you both of your two least favorite jobs. Uh, um, but I, like even the the shifts we all work, it'd be like I would be waiting tables, you'd be hosting, and then Lucas would be in the dish tank, and so it's like we barely got to interact with the three of us anyway. It was yeah. like there were five magical minutes throughout a seven hour shift. Well, at first it was nice because Lucas was originally also a host, so we would sometimes rarely oh, get right. to work together at the host stand. And I will say the one nice thing about if there's two hosts is I would just go on bus tables the whole time. Said you don't have to deal with as many people. I actually, I see. It's funny. I loved being a host when I was there, just because, like, by the time I was doing hosting, I had done so many other positions that I was able to communicate with everybody else in the restaurant, and so I was actually able to be like, I was able to be really efficient because people knew when I was talking to them that I knew what they did, which is ridiculous because, like, I was saying all the same things that other hosts would say. But they're like, oh, Mike knows what he's talking about. And so they would actually listen when I would say exactly what other hosts would say to them. And so I I really enjoyed that position. But I, I kind of had it easier than you did. Did either of you guys, uh, Seamus and Lucian, you guys work at a restaurant? God, no. There's no way I would work at a restaurant. I worked at Culver's, um, but I was in the back. I was a fryer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was its own kind of monster because Culver's Dude. is a popular place. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> fry cook is a it is such a hard job i worked fry cook for a week a week and a half maybe two weeks i think i got to two weeks and i came up to my boss and i said listen you can have my two weeks at that point i was cross-trained in like nine things i was like you can have my my two weeks as a cook right like i'll work as a cook for two more weeks and then you could just n- stop scheduling me as that forever or you could have my two weeks outright like i will not continue to do this and if i have to quit <laughs> then i'll quit uh, so it's like all right fine like i get it just give me two weeks and i was like all right great uh but i felt really bad because i'd never quit anything that fast and then i was talking to one of the other servers and she was like yeah my son he he worked as a he worked in that exact same spot that you were for one week before he quit and i was like okay well I mean, you're a small little lady like how tough can your son really be? This doesn't make me feel any better. And she goes, <laughs> and he swears that's what prepared him to be a Marine. And I was like, oh, okay, that's how tough oh my he could be. I actually feel much better about this now. <laughs> like, that's such a good story. I did not expect it to turn that way. Like, I, yeah, neither did I. I was like, oh, wow, actually, that I, I lasted twice as long as the Marine. I must be made of something special. You're the few and strong. Good job. Yeah, it was. I I I actually enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think my least favorite things were like the major rushes. Although I kind of got used to it after a point, uh, and like cleaning on like Sunday mornings or whatever, where you just like deep clean everything. It was just like, oh my gosh. It was always interesting because you had to like put down enough fries to get through like a rush, but you can't put two down. Put down too many fries, otherwise they'll get old and you have to throw them out, and then that's a waste of money. Dude, um, I, I'm literally getting steamed up just hearing you talk about the mindset of this position again. Like, <laughs> It makes me angry just hearing somebody else talk about it. <laughs> it was a time. <laughs> oh. I, won't, I won't speak of it anymore. <laughs> 
you were talking. I was like, why does my lip hurt? Oh, it's because I am biting down on it. I will say the one good thing about working at <laughs> after you work there, I think it was three months. It was like a 90 days. You got uh, a card that you 50 percent off all the food. So definitely ate a lot of <laughs> during those days. But, you know, that was it was nice. And then like you were always like the 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 good friend whenever you go out with people like, oh, we got to go out with Rob. So you'd always get invited to places. I, I think that's why I was invited <laughs> to go out to eat so much with friends not because they wanted to you know talk to me but because i'd get them the 50 percent off discount oh my god <laughs> you never took I, me to i was quite popular while i worked at that's you I, I noticed that too you were at concordia still i think i think that's before we really start to groove mm. yeah because that would have been before oh. um no that would have been the year after we senior staff together but i feel like we were we haven't all right i think seamus you're up next Okay, number two. I'd say my number two would be one of my most recent jobs, which was working as a wedding videographer slash editor. Probably like one of my favorites, just because it's like, I mean, it had its downsides because me about being monotonous, uh, (laughs) working weddings every day can get monotonous. Who knew? But it was also very cool. I absolutely loved filming them because it's just like you're with these people on their like special day and like everybody's just kind of got this like happiness to them. I think there was only one wedding out of like the 50 plus I had done. I don't know how many I've done actually that like really seemed like had a different energy but they were always just like excited for you to be there just this high vibe (laughs) that was always just almost like intoxicating to be around and it like also what i really appreciated about that job was it taught me how to handle like when there were situations where it was just like kind of high stress or we were working on a very tight timeline just really taught me how to work around those like work around issues very quickly in order to get what we needed to get for the wedding films that we provided. And yeah, um, I think that's about about it. I mean, I learned a lot working that job. Yeah, it was it was pretty enjoyable. <laughs> nice, nice. What is what is the craziest thing you saw go down at a wedding? I was just about to ask that. See, that's kind of fun. I, I there weren't too many crazy things. I don't know. There just wasn't I can think of maybe two like things that stand out. One of them was like this uh, client had uh, the 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 bride's father built like this whole glass like building just for the reception. <laughs> so it was a Whoa. pretty wealthy client. And he also owned a bunch of smoke stores. <laughs> so during the reception, it was just foggy <laughs> uh, from Great for filming. Yeah, yeah, it was super cool. (laughs) But that was probably like one of the like, wow, this is a vast amount of wealth that I saw. (laughs) Um, That's wild. uh, Yeah. And I guess, oh, I think one of the uh, craziest things that I saw like that was filmed that I wasn't a part of, I wasn't there that day, was like uh, this best man was just like so drunk, like (laughs) giving his speech. He was just like, I can't believe I'm letting you go to her you're supposed to be we're supposed to be with me we're best friends forever like (laughs) it was just so completely wasted and i don't know about just friends on that one yeah (laughs) like in love with the groom that he was just like i I, like i i don't know if i can do this like it's just like oh no (laughs) this is a speech that you're giving in front of how many people so yeah those are probably the two craziest i always thought it was gonna be you and me (laughs) 
yeah, basically. Remember the locker room? Do you remember forever? <laughs> Bulldogs forever. <laughs> you remember that trip we took? up north the cabin but yeah um i feel i feel like i don't know if it's like yeah i don't know um things never got like too insanely crazy which is kind of funny because like you hear like a stereotypical like you know i feel like a lot of people ask that question like what's the craziest thing but i can't really think of too many no one tripped walking down the aisle or anything not during ones that i filmed we did catch one in slow motion that i wasn't there where a bridesmaid <laughs> stepped on the on the train <laughs> Oh, through no. <laughs> through the bride's head back <laughs> it was in slow uh, motion uh, <laughs> i think about, we okayed uh, it with her for like putting it on social media <laughs> all right my number two is the worst job i've ever had in my entire life i was the dishwasher for my college for like three months and it was the most soul-sucking thing i've ever done in my life uh i did it on so i tore my acl playing football and after i tore my acl i got engaged to my beautiful wife and uh i thought that all i needed to do was buy the ring and that she would take care of the rest i just had to show up in my tux with my groomsmen and she she would have everything planned uh and then months go by and nothing gets planned and then she looks at me dead in the eyes she's like are we going to get married and i was like yeah yeah we're gonna get married she's like what what money i was like i i didn't know that that was a thing i i just assumed it, would figure it out it came with the ring yeah so i had to get a job and the first job that was offered to me was a dishwasher on Sundays. I figured out my one non-negotiable. There's a ton of non-negotiables that I have, but it's definitely on the top five is that I have to see the sun when I'm working. I, if I don't get to see the sun um, on my whole shift, I can't do the job. That is non-negotiable for me. I get real sad when I don't get to see the sun. And I also don't like working on Sundays. It's, uh, it's a big no-no for me. So yeah, very boring. Uh, people were very rude to me. If they didn't like the food that I didn't make, they would windscrape their plates off or they would throw food in the uh, in the silverware container. Oh. And so I'd have to like fish out chicken nuggets while I was trying to clean out the, the spoons and the forks. I found out how the food was made in the college and it, it just made me really sick and really sad that I <laughs> used to eat here, used to eat there. I found out how the sauces was made, and I was not a fan. One dumb thing I did that I think is funny is that I was listening to my headphones, and I didn't clean my ears out when I was young in college, and so I decided to put my headphones in the dishwasher because I thought oh it would uh, oh. clean it up real good. Interesting. And Interesting. Uh, completely melted my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> completely melted them. Uh, were, what do you know? They were clean, though. What do you know? I didn't know how hot they got. Honestly, I thought it was a big brain move. Is it like the Hobart? Like at camp, not. you know, you almost just slide down? Yeah, yeah. Like the real big one. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, dude. I'm sorry. Don't judge me. <laughs> I made a mistake. I used to not clock out for lunch. And I did that for like a month. And then they caught me. And uh, my paycheck went down dr dramatically. And I was like, this is not worth it. Not a good time. I also would come in with already with a pile of dishes and that just was just soul sucking to see like stacks and stacks of dishes as soon as I clock in. I think, you know, and this is my philosophy, but I recommend that everybody 
if you don't know what you want to do with your life, I recommend working a crappy job because you figure out real soon what kind of what kind of work that you might want to do or going back into school because that crappy job really motivates you. That's my personal. Take some opinion. of us twelve years, but you know I do agree with the concept. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely that re- sunny thing, like working in the factory, like there was no windows, like <laughs> you couldn't tell the time you were just in there for eight hours and then you get out and you're like, oh, it's pitch black. What what just yeah. happened? I think it's interesting that you did like I mean, me and Lou are very different people, so it makes sense that we'd like different things. But like I loved working dish tank shifts. I'd put in my headphones and I'd get in a rhythm and like I attacked that thing. And I had more downtime than almost any other dishwasher we had because I was like constantly just trying to stay like I wanted to be washing dishes faster than the dishes were coming in. Something about it. I just got in the groove and I just like zenned out and I was just like I was a dishwashing machine. How many restaurants have you worked at, Mike? Do you do you have a count? OK, so I worked at Panera for less than two weeks before coming up to the boss and going, hey, I hate this job. Do you want two weeks or can I just go? I worked at a Bravo Cucciano Italiano for a few months. And then I went to my number one from there. After that job, I had an offer to work at an IHOP, but instead I chose a steakhouse that I worked at for like two weeks before I decided to move back to the east side of Michigan. At which point I got a job at a place that made me sign a waiver saying I couldn't say anything bad about them on social media. So I'll stop talking about them now. And cool. I think that was it. Am I supposed to talk I bad about them? Well, I don't know if you signed a waiver or not, but I did. So I don't remember. And I'm as such, me. they are not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I, I doubt <laughs> is going to come hunt you down. <laughs> I'm not worried. I do, too. Oh, yeah. but I, I, there was there, man. There was a moment when I was working the dish tank. This is like. This is both one of the worst things I've ever said to someone's face and also what I would consider one of the most brilliant uses of language I've ever ever come up with. Uh, But like this, this particular person would just they wouldn't sort their plates because like there's square plates, there's rectangle plates and there's circle plates. This is basic kindergarten level stuff here and just wouldn't. I, I, I don't know what you had to do to get this person to. To sort their plates properly but one day i just absolutely snapped and i said hey are you so selfish that you can't take the three seconds to put the circle with the circle and the square on the square or are you too f- stupid to tell the difference and that person never spoke to me again but i got absolutely <laughs> no reprimand for it whatsoever like <laughs> Several people watched it happen, and all of them were just like, I don't want to put the circles on the circles. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it checks out. He doesn't know how to do it. Kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I was really proud of that, like, that burn. But, like, in, in hindsight, I was like, oh, that was, ugh, that was, that was not the nicest thing I've ever said. Hey, if it was at the, the one place we can't talk about, they weren't going to fire you because they are always short staffed. Right? Did you, wait, am I crazy? Did you work at? We'll get there. Ah, okay. <laughs> that number one uh, oh yeah that, that's yeah, number one. Number my, one? rob and i already covered my number two so right back around my number one is probably my favorite like non-professional job that it's like a real job and that was working at amc right out of high school it was um i technically it was after my first year of college but working at the movie theater uh, I have so much fun memories. I mean, we got to see as long as the, the theater wasn't packed, we could go see any movie we'd like for free. We could bring friends. The rule was two two friends 
tops, but I think I've had up to six or something like friends in there and they, they don't care. We've we go from one movie to the other. Sometimes we got to see movies uh, a day or so before they came out. Like I saw, I think the first three Hunger Game movies before they were released, the Avengers movies before it came out, saw the Stars Episode 7 before it was officially out. And as long as you were tight with the people in the back, you'd get free popcorn and things like that. And it was we had like the exact opposite thing on the fryer. Seamus, you're saying like you don't want to make too many fries. There was one guy that whenever someone ordered one like little carton of fries, he would dump half the, the of the frozen fries in there, just throw them in, put them on the side. And then everyone that was working behind the, the concessions, we just like go to the side and eat fries and everything. And I don't what know. How, I don't know how we didn't get caught. But yeah, he'd be like accidentally throw an extra mozzarella stick in there and all that. <laughs> and believe it or not, bro. AMC had like the best smoothies for some reason. I don't know what it is, but they're I'm blend. Sorry, what? Yeah, AMC had this really good blend of smoothies. And me and my friends like looked it up because we, we were thinking about buying some. But you can only buy them in like the huge bulk carton, like the whole huge bulk order. And so everyone that was making a smoothie, if it was a flavor, they'd like we, we'd accidentally make too much and all that. So we were bleeding the theater dry by everything. You know, we'd get popcorn and all that. But it was just a, it was a really chill job. If you're working box office, if it was slow, you could like basically do whatever you want. You could listen to music back there. My friend Drew played Skyrim because there's no one there on his laptop. I, I played some Pokemon like people would do homework and it was it was a really chill job. And I, I wish I went back to that job instead of going to the aforementioned uh, restaurant that Mike convinced me to come <laughs> to. But yeah, it, it's it's such a good first quote unquote real job. Like as a if you're in high school or if you're, you know, just out of college, it's, it's a very easy first job for the most part. If you can get uh, with anything, if you can get the management to like you, then you, you can just cruise. My first month, they had this this thing called the Stubbs program. In my first month, I just sold them like hotcakes. I actually ended up getting employee of the month my first month working there. And then I would just basically after my second or third month, I would stop selling. They would like bring up the numbers and they would like chew everyone else out, but they, they never came after me and everything. So it was just a very, very chill and easy job. And for the most part, I mean, if people are mad at you about the movie, especially if they stayed the whole time, you'd be like, oh, sorry, if you didn't like the movie, I'm not going to refund you after you spent the whole, you know, two and a half hours watching it or two hours. And it's it's for the most part, it's really chill. Most people at the movies just want to go see a movie. If you want to know why concession stands cost so much, it's because that's where the theaters make their money. They don't make much money off of the ticket prices. So, yeah. And popcorn is the most they make the most money off popcorn. Like It's crazy just the amount of money they make off it. So I always get a large because that makes them the least amount of popcorn and you can usually get free refills. So you're kind of double screwing them there. And it's not real butter. Fun fact. Did you did you work by chance at the AMC Livonia? I did. So are you the reason that that is the only theater in town that doesn't have the reclining seats now? Because you just bled them dry and they couldn't afford it? Uh, I mean, that could be it. So at the time... Is it your that is the worst theater in no. all of the Detroit area? No. So it's funny. Originally, that theater was like the nice theater. Was that one? Was Livonia? Yeah. And then other places it's started getting the reclining more. seats. But the reason why that theater doesn't have reclining seats is because it was built for the standard, like the, the old-fashioned movie like uh theater so the way it was just constructed and built they wouldn't be they would like take up they don't have like a third of the seats left if they did those big mm. chairs so it just wasn't designed for it at least that's what they said I when mean, that was starting to pick up and people would ask us from what i can tell they're not even filling a third of the seats anymore so yeah also to be fair amc Fairlane is the worst oh yeah that's sketch uh it's the I, I have never place. been to Fairlane. that's I, fair Oh, I, I would not recommend it. I took my wife there and I was like, I'm going to get my wife killed. This is not good. Um, I think there was, yeah, don't go I there. think it was failing. There was like shots fired in that area. 
Like we, you'd hear oh, it every now and again. And another thing that was fun working for a chain, if you wanted to go see a movie like anywhere that still had an AMC, you just call up your manager and they'd make a call so you can go see the movie for free wherever you were as long as it was an AMC. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that's that. That's nice. really so cool. The, the perks are really that's nice compared to like mom and pop theaters. I know some of them, I think MJR, which is not more fun at. Um, I think they only get like they can only see a certain amount of movies a month. So maybe and maybe with the whole economy now, AMC is scaled back. Yeah, mm-hmm. really fun, easy job. And for the Christmas parties, they would just like throw up Smash Bros in the one of the movie theaters. And, you know, we just play video games on there, and that that's, that's awesome. Fun. That's so that's cool. Awesome. They must have loved that too. Like the overhead's got to be basically zero on that. Mm-hmm. They're easy. They just basically they basically go get fried food, maybe some pizza like they already had in the back. Do all that and then just throw up Smash Bros. And I think they would do like tournaments and all that. Me and my friend won a, a doubles tournament there. For oh, nice. Yeah, I have always wanted to work at a movie theater. It sounded like just the most fun job. Yeah, just don't possible. look underneath the seats if you're at a movie theater. We'd have the AMC sweep where, you know, if it wasn't terrible, just sweep it underneath the, the chair <laughs> and let the, the actual cleaning crew that comes in at night and deep cleans all the theaters, let them handle it. We're not always the best as ushers, which is what the, the cleaning crew was called at AMC or the cleaning staff during the day yeah i was always confused by that title because i'm like no one has ever once taken me to my seat mm. yeah no i think it's like if you You're have just like putting your arm out waiting for somebody to like <laughs> uh, usher please <laughs> i'm blind <laughs> i'm blind <laughs> yeah so they would have a an usher at the front is usually who rips your ticket they'll usually like swap out there every hour and it's funny because i think we've talked about in the past but like people are like super scared they're going to get caught for taking stuff up in the movie theater and I never knew anyone that cared about that policy. But yeah, so they'll go and just do a basic sweep and clean after every movie. They usually have like 10 minutes before the next movie starts. So you just have you have a schedule, go do that. And when you don't have a movie, you just kind of chill and hang out. And yeah, really, really so chill what, job as long as you have fun people to work with, which I also had another friend working there. So it was a great time. Did they always have like someone who checks your ticket? Because like I know a few theaters that would sometimes do it and sometimes not. Yeah, this theater, they always had someone doing it. And um, if there was an usher for it, guest services, which is also a piece of cake job, would go and stand and do that. The the one downside I will say about working in a movie theater is they're open uh, 365 days a year. And Christmas is like the busiest day for theaters, one of them, which I never understood. Ooh, yeah, because my family just never did movies on Christmas. But I know it's big everywhere. So it's annoying. I have to go work Christmas morning. But, you know, better than afternoon. I heard afternoon and evening, which is awful. Oh, yeah. I suppose if you don't like your family but you want to be around family at Christmas movie theater is probably a pretty good call. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You'll pick up yeah, a different I, family. Yeah. My <laughs> at the movie theater. No disrespect. Just something I'm not used to. So at first I was like, why are you guys here? Like, go be with your family. But yeah, I understand. It's a big yeah, thing. No, I, I never, like, I didn't realize that was a thing either. Like I, I've, I was, I was probably in my early twenties before I was like, wait, why is this movie releasing on Christmas day? And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. Got it. I'm the weird one. Understood. It's my number one. Okay. So I guess it's me. My number one. I don't know if this is a cop out, but it's like what I'm doing now, which is freelance. Doing freelance like videography slash editing is just pretty nice. Um, (laughs) It's something I've done for years. But as of recently, I've started doing it more full time. And just being able to like choose who my clients are and like work with people who believe in what I do is like one of the best things and people who know that I'm going to make good work for them and something we can like collaborate on uh, is something that I really enjoy. Just recently, I worked with a theater doing promotional videos for them, uh, an acting theater, 
and oh cool they were just like we're just gonna let you do your thing and uh even the photographer was just like yeah set up your lighting and we'll just run with it and i was just like you sure like you <laughs> you've been doing this a lot longer than me and she was just like yeah yeah fine whatever like so we just went with what my idea was and we ran with it and the results turned out really great so it's very like interesting what i really appreciate is having that direct con contact with the client rather than having to go through a boss where, you know, from when I've worked for bosses in the video field, it's like usually they have their own take on things. So you're not really doing what you want to do as more as what the boss would do. You know, like the boss has their own style and you have your own style, whereas this is just strictly my style rather than the bosses where you can just be like unequivocally yourself, which is very fun, which really like helps you shine and learn what your strengths and weaknesses are. So I've really learned a lot over the years that I've been doing this. I've worked with like several different companies, like a brewery or a pharmaceutical company. So it's just like the possibilities are endless, which as I've said before, the monotonous drives me nuts. So having this like variety is just something that I love so much. Just being able to try new things all the time. That's been, that's been my favorite thing. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, that's where, cool. where are you located at? Like, where are you working out of? I'm located in Holland. Uh, so the West, West side of Michigan. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, are you going to say something, Rob? Uh, I was going to say, if we ever do film uh, trapped in a, a gaucho, we'll have to call you up to, to film for us. Sure. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> it was the steakhouse challenge we're like so there's like a fantasy football thing or like other challenges where like the loser has to stay in a diner for 24 hours and each pancake they they eat knocks off an hour and we i don't know if it was last week or a couple weeks ago we were saying that like they should have that where every steak you have is like an hour or 30 minutes off your time because it's not open 24 hours and like you just see how much like steak you can eat to get out of there and everything that would be actually pretty fun to watch <laughs> right <laughs> so i would have to wear uh some uh, some sweatpants or something you know yeah so yeah i gotta get that room mike says the plantains is key so we'll have to see well that's that's what i've been told i haven't i haven't done any research <laughs> for myself but i i hear that they they help with digestion <laughs> And if nothing else, they placebo nicely for me. So exactly, <laughs> placebo always works. Did, have you ever done any work with Dylan? Because uh, he's he's doing the same thing over on uh, over on the east side here. Um, he's you been doing freelance videography for a long time, and he's he's mentioned working with a friend over on the west side every now and then. So I was like, no way. Uh, yeah, I know you and Dylan have the uh, have yeah you you know you're both camp guys. So I didn't know if maybe you would uh, you would ended up being the friend he was working with on the west side or not, but. Uh, yeah, I think I was a bit too young, I think, for Dylan. Yeah, because you were you were in my first juniors cabin, right? I was. Oh, shoot, I was. Yeah. yeah mm -hmm. No, me and Seamus go the farthest back. The farthest uh, back. Yes, we do. <laughs> and then you were also in what was my first time ever counseling teen classic. Like you walked in and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm 19 and I feel so <laughs> old right now. That's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yeah so it's yeah. super cool to see you like you're doing your own thing man that's that's so awesome thank you i appreciate it yeah yeah i'm being a good content counselor good yeah counselor it was all me man it was 100%. it was it was honestly all mike you know <laughs> all credit goes <laughs> who was your me. code mike was it in uh, juniors emmanuel no um who was my first ever 
co-counselor slash senior counselor. I honestly don't remember for either week. Is it my turn? It is. I'm having a hard time picking between my current job and I feel like a job that completely changed my life forever. So technically it was previous jobs, but I'm not going to hold you to that. Oh, is it previous jobs? Uh, I'm not going to hold you to that too much. No, no, no. it helps me make the decision. So I'll take it. I mean, it wouldn't be an episode of the podcast if you didn't have one answer that totally broke the rules of the the prompt. That's a good point. (laughs) That's a good point. But I want to know this life-changing uh, job. So, uh, so it wasn't really a job. It was a volunteer. But I did it for multiple years. And so that's why I kind of consider it a job. Because I was getting Jesus points. So, And that's the, the best. The heavenly cash. Yeah. So my dad was a rock star. And he uh, broke up with his band. And he was like, I think I need Jesus. And so he found uh, the church that I grew up in. And he was like, hey, you're coming to church. And I was like, what is church? Like, I kind of knew what church was, but I was like, ah, I don't really know what I'm doing. And he's like, all right, when you come to church, you're going to serve. And I was like, what? What am, What are you talking about? And he pretty much just voluntold me to work at the Sunday school. It was the weirdest thing because I didn't know anybody. The church that I was going to was probably the most people I've ever like, witnessed. Like, just, like, doing one thing at a time. I feel like that's fair to say. You played sports at yeah. the collegiate level, and Life Church is the most people you've ever seen doing one thing at a time? Uh, at at the time, as uh, a night was also like time, I playing yeah, collegiate sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, like, in eighth and ninth grade. Yeah, but um, we, we choose to ignore where he played sports at a collegiate level when it suits our point, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Concordia wasn't really popping. Um, so anyway, most people you've ever seen. Oh, I apologize. Cut most all that. Most people ever seen. Okay, let's say most people ever seen worship. Uh, Ooh, most people ever you. seen like seeing the same song together, and I was like, "Yo, this is crazy." But it also felt like I was in like an actual concert, like a rock band. When I think of church back Mike in the day, I used there to think shredding. Of, like, Mike was up there shredding. I was googly eyed. I was like, "Who is this child prodigy?" Man, my jokes are not hitting today. Uh, it made me laugh. Oh, that's good. Stick and roll. Uh, stick and roll. <laughs> stick and roll. I'm blah, blah, blah. Okay. It made me uh, laugh as well. Wait, I'm yeah, not yeah. supposed to mute so, my mic when I laugh? <laughs> I don't think so. So my dad volunteered me to do uh, Sunday school. Uh, and they put me in a room called Reentry, where all the kids that already went to Sunday school, but their parents are serving the next service would come to my my room and my job was to entertain them and i hated those little bastards <laughs> i hated it could not stand it all of them were very stuck up they felt like they owned the church it was terrible uh but for some reason i found joy after a while i stuck it out i really didn't know what else to do because i really never said no to my dad so kind of just did whatever he told me to do and uh i found my passion and it's, it's kids it's so weird that it went from these little bastards hitting me with knuckles hitting me with uh, wooden planks. They would have these wooden spoons and they would knock me in the knuckles with it. And they thought it was the funniest thing to what me. Like, heck? so reentry would get all the weird toys and things that were just ended up in people's garages. that just ended up in reentry. And one of them was wooden eggs and wooden spoons. And the goal was to, you know, balance the wooden egg on the spoon and uh, go from, okay. Go from wall to wall. But they thought it would be funny if they would sneak up on me and whack me in the knuckle with it. And you know what this I, is? This is a blunt object. <laughs> not good. I just, I, I don't understand how God works, but I couldn't see myself not working with kids. I don't really do it much with my job, but I still get to do it. And I get to work with kids at church and I love it. I, it's who I am. The Lord works I in mysterious ways. I have a ton ways. of passion for it. Well, <laughs> Lord works in mysterious ways. So 
that's why it was my number one. I hated it at first and uh, ended up loving it. So, I mean, so what? what I've learned... Oh, sorry, go for it. No, no, go, go, go. You're good. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, what I learned is sometimes sometimes you got to know when to quit, uh, but sometimes you got to know when to stick it out. And I don't... And I, I think it's up to you to figure that out when it comes to jobs. But sometimes just there's a season, and then sometimes the job just sucks. And it, and I think it's it's your responsibility to figure out if it's a season or if it just sucks. Management is probably the first thing to look at. If your manager suck, your job's not going to get any better. It's so wild to me that you had kids hitting your knuckles in reentry because as one of the pastor's kids from Life Church, I was in what was essentially the beta phase of reentry. Like I was in the test run. Um, like I was in reentry early access way before it was called reentry. <laughs> and uh, we got we, we got in so much trouble all the time for the way we behaved. But like, I, I can't even imagine what they'd have done to us if it got out that we were whacking the, the teacher on the knuckles with wooden spoons. Like they'd have just lined us up and like shot us all. Like, <laughs> I, I like it blows my mind that it is so different. I mean, let's see, ninth grade, if I'd have been in fifth grade, so, you know, that's honestly, it's not even that long of a difference because by the time... Oh no, because you're younger than me. So it's you know it's like what five six years um, that it yeah, changed it mostly, that much. Yeah, it was mostly one family that was in there most of the time, and their dad was the head singer of the church at the time. Ah, oh and, never mind. And, it all makes sense now. And Lucian, <laughs> yeah. Lucian, Lucian avoids confrontation, so he just yes. took it. Especially when I'm around a bunch of white people. So it was just really it was just Sam and Ethan being like, "We're gonna get this guy." <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right i'm so funny this that you called that out immediately. story the second you nate like you said that who it was i was like oh everything just duk, 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 fell right into place but mike what's your number one my number one so uh my number one the only job on this list that i actually like and it is without a doubt my favorite job i've ever had and that was Beatty's mongolian grill of portage so i i worked that that first job building fences over the summer after my freshman year at college. And my dad was like, hey, if you're going to be living at home during the summer, you have to have 20 hours of work documented a week. And we're going to have a weekly meeting so that you can show me you're doing 20 hours of work. Um, so I got this job building fences. And I got to the end of the summer. and I was like, you know what, man? I have no idea what I want to do with my life. College is insanely expensive. Maybe I don't go back and accrue more debt. And instead... I work while I try to figure out what it is I want to actually pursue, and then I'll be making money instead of losing money. And in a moment that is still, I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter, so I wouldn't say it's hotly contested, but neither of us have given ground. Well, I had already canceled, like, I'm not, like, I filled out the paperwork, I'm not coming back uh, to school this year, and my dad goes, well, when it's, with it getting cold, like, what's your plan for working 40 hours a week? And I was like, wait, no, the, the rule was 20 hours a week. He said, yeah, but you're staying. We talked about this. You have to have a full-time job documented. And I was like, no, no, we never had this conversation. I only need 20. It's like, no, we did. And it, even if we, and it doesn't matter because that's the rule. And so all of a sudden I didn't have the option to go back to school and didn't have a full-time job and had no prospects to find a full-time job. And so... I don't know if you guys remember Aaron from camp, I do. Uh, but yeah, he had recently married the sister of the girl I was dating. And so I was like, and and I don't know what happened, but at some point they were like, hey, if you ever want to come move out to Kalamazoo, 
you can move into our apartment. And I was like, well, shoot, like I'm sick of dealing with this cross the state long distance ish relationship. I got to get out of the house because I don't have a full time job. Screw it. And so I moved uh, I moved out to Kalamazoo, moved into Candlewick Apartments and uh, worked a couple jobs, worked one job, two jobs before uh, I was like, I hate both these jobs. I need to find another place. And so I went to Steak and Shake and I applied for this job and I completely bombed, which I don't know if you've ever felt the emotional low of realizing you can't get a job at Steak and Shake, but it's not, not a good place to be. Not quite that, but I definitely know the feeling of bombing an interview. Yeah, like I bombed also, an interview at Steak and Shake. Also, fries and are I, dumb, so you don't want to work there anyways. I love their fries. Anyway, Steak I walk out. I'm, I'm feeling so down. And I look up and right across the street is the Beatty's Mongolian barbecue. And I was like, I may as well try. How much worse can today get? And I walked in and it turned out the owner, I believe, of the the, the restaurant I was working at was dad or the uncle of the general manager at this Beatty's. And so I was like, hey, hiring manager, blah, blah, blah. Someone goes off to get the manager. We're chatting it up. It comes out that, yo, oh, I work for, you know your boss's uncle and the manager comes out and we actually have like a really good interview. She was super cool. Turns out she lived in the same apartment complex as me. So like we chatted about that for a bit and then it got really weird. She was like, you know, she started asking questions like how many six ounce spheres can fit in a, you know, a 32 milliliter glass and what superhero would you want to be if you could be any superhero? Would you rather fight 50 horse-sized ducks or duck-sized horses? Those kind of questions. And I, I was just like, all right, well, this is bizarre, but I'm going to just answer these very seriously like it's a job interview. And she got to the last question. She goes, do you have any information as to who did, in fact, let the dogs out? And I looked her dead in her eyes and I said, it was me. And she offered me the job on the spot. And it turns out right before, like uh, the, it turns out that right before I came in here, somebody had left who was offered a second interview and he was coming in for a second interview when his background check came back. And he had like all, all it was, all that was told to me later was he had meth charges. I don't know what that means, but they were like, we're definitely not interviewing this guy. So they had one of the cooks make a fake interview. And so when she got done interviewing me, she was like, this will be fun. And she gave me the meth head interview without <laughs> like without taking a break. And so that was how I started this job. I've worked at so many jobs where somebody or, you know, somebody higher up is like, we're a family here. And every single one of those jobs, let me just say, bullshit. No, you're not. Everybody's selfish. You're, you're all lying except Mongo because genuinely to this day, I keep in touch with multiple people from this job. Some of my absolute favorite human beings on the planet are people that I met at Mongo. People I talked to today, I met at Mongo. It was it was the best. I had so many incredible experiences there. I ended up living after Emma and Aaron realized they were pregnant and wanted to get a place that wasn't up three flights of stairs. I ended up living with a couple of guys who worked at the uh at the same restaurant we just had an absolute blast two of my best friends at the time learned so many things um there was one day i was waiting tables and i showed up to the table and seamus was just at my table 
And I was like, Seamus? Uh, and he was like, oh, hey. And I like, got him a special order that like had sauce at the back that wasn't available. And like, even though like all of us were just totally whacked out godless heathens at the time, we all had each other's back. And so I made a bunch of terrible decisions during that time. Go see uh, Breaking the Rules number one for uh, the worst version of that story. But because we really did have each other's back, I think I think that that chunk of my life went so much better than it had any right to for the decision making I was doing at the time. There was also a point where I was at a party and I met Seamus's oldest brother. I didn't even know, like I knew you had an older brother. I didn't Wait, know. Really? You that met moment. Brody? Yeah. Uh, I like like he like somehow his last name came up and I was like, do you know Seamus? He was like, yeah. And I was like, never tell him we met tonight. (laughs) (laughs) This kid has been in my cabin twice. I don't need him to know how drunk we both are. (laughs) That's wild. What? (laughs) Yeah, it was like at a random house party that like someone I barely knew, like some brand new worker was like, hey, I'm going to this party. So I knew almost nobody there, but I met Seamus's oldest brother. That's crazy. What? <laughs> yeah, it was it was so wild. And then um, the way it all ended was nuts, too, because one day we all show up and there's just a letter in the back. And it turned out it was a franchise. It turned out the owner of the franchise had stopped paying rent on the building for nine months. And he was essentially giving all of us our two week notice because after two weeks, the building was going to close. And so... Uh, that was the moment where it was like it really did solidify the idea that we're a family because you watched as like it got more and more frustrating and people kept quitting and quitting. But the like the core group of us, we were all like, this is awful. And in any other job, I would quit. But if I quit, I'm making this situation worse for these other people. And so we all stuck it out for the last like 10 days and the last five of which. By that point, news had gotten out that Mongo was closing. And so all the people who really loved the place were coming in and trying to get as much as they could before it shut down because the next nearest one was like an hour and a half away. So you'd open it. You show up at nine o'clock, get the restaurant ready, open at 11 and you we would be packed from 11 a.m. until whenever we ran out of food, usually like 830 at night. And we so we would literally empty an entire inventory, close the building down get a midnight shipment, restock the building and do it all again the next day for a week and uh, or for five days. I I think the highest I hit was I made like 410 bucks in a night. It was insane because now it was nonstop packed restaurant work from 11 to eight. So it was like nine straight hours. But we, we all made enough money that we were like, cool, we'll be fine while we look for for other jobs. And I ended up moving back to uh, to the east side after that. And it was just, yeah, it was wild. All right. You think about r- wrapping this up? Yeah, if you guys want Yeah, I need to go to bed. Seamus, Seamus, where can we find your stuff? How can the people find you online? Or in person, you can if that's find how you want to do business. <laughs> you can find me online at excursionstudios.com. Uh, if you want to know how to spell that, it's E-X-D-U-R-S-I-O-N, then studios.com. Um, that's C-O-M yep is, okay, it, cool. is it D-O-T or just the period it's period <laughs> but yeah uh, it's just a uh, it's my freelance videography company that uh, I create content for all sorts of things um, 
Lately, it's been promos for breweries and acting theaters, but I have done all sorts of different content for, like, like I said earlier, pharmaceutical companies, uh, a recruitment video, and yeah, uh, the slogan is uh, every video has its journey, and I feel like that's such a true statement because there's so much that goes into a video, so why not take a journey with me? Mike, what are we talking about next week? Come Christmas time. So next, next week is going to be the Christmas episode. So I have been working on a, um, let's just say this, we're going to talk about Christmas. Next week, we are going to do a top secret special Christmas episode. Stay tuned. Yeah, nincompoops. All right. If you guys are watching on YouTube, please leave a like, comment and subscribe and follow us for anything we have going on. We have that giveaway going on. You can find us, find out more on our Twitter if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a five-star review and a comment, and we'll read it on the air. Other than that, we hope you guys have a great week, and remember, stay classy, toppers.